Welcome to this week's Deep Tech 315. That's Doug. I am Gene. Our three topics are Sam Altman and the $7 trillion push to improve the availability of chips for AI. Second, we're going to talk about Meta and what Zuckerberg is talking about relative to Quest 3 and its position against Apple and Vision Pro. And last, we're going to wrap with uh, Doug's Intelligent Alpha. This is his AI picking portfolio managers. Always fun to see the update there. And you would definitely want to stay tuned for that. See how AI is doing machine versus human. So we'll take it back to the top. Uh, the story was out maybe feels like a week or so ago, but it just keeps uh, rearing its head just given it, the, the the raw magnitude. But essentially, Sam Altman was presenting, where was he, like in Saudi Arabia or something like that, or Dubai, and talking about the opportunity for really changing the whole world's chip uh, production process and talked about this five to seven trillion dollars in investment. And to put that in a perspective, the Wall Street Journal recently reported that life humanity to date in the chip design and build out has been about a trillion dollars. So he's talking about a five to seven X order of magnitude versus the past, call it 40, 50 years. And uh, my take was he actually doesn't mean five to seven billion. What he really means is that we need to have better chip production and maybe it's a trillion, uh, but he's putting the stake in the ground that there needs to be some improvements around chips for AI. I would never take Sam Altman uh, at not his word. He probably does mean five to seven trillion. I think if he could find a way to raise that, uh, he would find a way to deploy it. I, I do think though, when you think about five to seven trillion, there's there's two kinds of numbers that get reported. There's actual numbers, you know, there's fundraising numbers, like when a company raises a hundred million dollars for their, you know, D round at a billion dollar post valuation. And then there's uh, government style numbers where they say, we're going to save a trillion dollars. But if you look at the asterisks, it's like trillion dollars over 25 years, you do the math and oh, it's gotcha. suddenly not quite as exciting. And I think that's probably the reality of this. If someone says, we're going to find a way to fund you $5 trillion, Sam Altman, uh, I doubt it would be that they just cut him a check, uh, check for $5 trillion. You'd have to have a lot of money, uh, a lot of liquidity to be able to do that. I think it would be a tranche thing probably over a decade. But even then, you're still talking about investing $500 billion maybe over a seven or 10-year period. It's still a huge number. Mm -hmm. And if you put that into perspective, you know, TSMC, they're going to invest somewhere around 40 or $50 billion to build their fabs in Arizona. So if you get 500 billion a year, maybe that's like 10 fabs that you could spin up to try to put it into some kind of context. Mm -hmm. You still don't have the institutional knowledge. So there's, I think there is still a bottleneck and there's always a bottleneck in every process. That's the thing that's really hard is how do you get the people then to be able to helm the fabs. And at Deepwater, we're investors in TSMC. And that's one of the reasons why we feel good about that investment is the human capital, the engineers. And I think that's one of the challenges that you can throw money at things, but to actually build humans. As I think about that human piece, I think I wonder if could AI actually help solve some of these uh, management of these incredibly complex fabs? Could AI kind of help automate that and kind of get us through this this human knowledge bottleneck to pay the road for that future that Altman's talking about? 
Probably over time, I would say, though, that, again, you're, you're going to have a time issue there, too, in terms of how quickly could an AI be ready to do that. And the answer is it's probably, I would still guess, years away. You, you need to get something toward, I've called it infinite intelligence. I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to you know the super intelligence thing. I don't think you need that. But I think you do need, ironically, uh, almost wide-scale, massive compute availability to be able to handle having a machine learn to do complex tasks like that. And so when I break it down, you know, forget about the number for a minute. I think what Altman is saying, and probably to your prior point, Gene, is we need to invest a lot more money in chips because if we are going to deliver on this AI future that we're talking about, it's going to happen because we have the compute power necessary to do it, and we just don't have enough power right now. That's what mm -hmm. he's saying. Agree with that. It also reminds me how strong NVIDIA's businesses they're going to be reporting next week. And really, they are largely untouched, 85% plus market share of the GPU market. Uh, perhaps over the next decade, that will change. Uh, we'll jump to our second topic, which is Zuckerberg. I, I just love this about him. Comes out swinging and puts this video out. It's a short video, three and a half minute video, where he's basically building the argument that that the Quest 3, which is called $500, is actually a better hardware product than the Vision Pro at $3,500, so a 7x difference. And I think he brings up some, he does bring up some really valid points around some of the decisions they've made to keep the, the weight light. It's lighter than Vision Pro. And as I've used it, that was one of my big issues is it just felt heavy, Vision Pro felt heavy. Uh, so I thought that was a good point. He also gave credit to Apple around the, the eye tracking, which I think is incredible. And he said, they're going to bring that back. And kind of the biggest picture he painted was the concept that they're going to be the open source and Apple's going to be the closed source. And that, re that resonated with me too. But in the back of my mind, there, there was this conversation that was playing. There's the piece about wartime CEO. If we can uh, discuss that, Doug, but there's also the piece around, is this the right place for Meta to be investing $15 billion a year? And so the wartime piece, I love that. He's definitely has that edge to him. Well, I think it's also um, worth remembering that Apple has had some harsh criticism for Meta and their business the last couple of years. I mean, this whole issue with IDFA and tracking, I mean, Apple has kind of called out Meta and said, we don't think advertising is a noble business to some extent. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I think it's important for us to remember these companies aren't exactly on the friendliest terms. Yeah, this is um, defines bad blood and big tech. Yeah, and, and Zuckerberg is not starting something with this. This is a continuation mm -hmm. of the bad blood. Um, I've used the, uh, the Vision Pro now. I have it. Uh, we've had one at DeepWire. We've kind of been sharing around. I haven't used a Quest 3 yet. So I couldn't have an objective comparison, but to your point, like it is heavy. Um, I wouldn't pay $3,500 for it is my, my quick answer. And there's not a killer use case for that product. I doubt there's a killer use case for the quest product either. When we think about investing billions yeah. of dollars, both of these 15. companies in this, in this product line, they're both investing billions they need to figure out a killer use case. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that has been the knock on VR and it continues to be, in my view, even with spatial computing coming out. So we've looked at some of those numbers and in Zuckerberg's quick video, he 
talked, he mentioned three times gaming. He talked about fitness too. Apple stays clear. They don't mention gaming, very rarely mention gaming. Apple announced with 600 apps at launch. And those are 600 apps that are optim that are made for Vision Pro versus the million plus apps that are basically iPad apps that are converted over. Forget those, those don't count. But of those 600, we counted 42% were gaming related versus 72% were gaming related on Quest platform. And so as I as I saw this, I was excited as meta investors, like they're spending a lot of money and and maybe they can get to that be that 80% uh, option or that 80% of the market when it comes to metaverse spatial computing. But then there was this also like nagging thing. He's still talking about gaming. They really don't have that many apps. Three years into it, 560 apps. It's like, show me the money. Like it's just not there, which gets us back to, I think these devices are making a lot of progress, but they still are need of an application where people are excited about them. They both are. And I think what you just described to me says that it's really going to be on Meta and it's going to be on Apple to figure out that app. I don't mm -hmm. think they're ever going to foster the developer ecosystem because they don't have the users. I mean, you need to have tens of millions of users mm -hmm. probably to be a viable device for someone to want to build something on so they can actually make money and fund the business. Um, and so for now, the foreseeable future, I think both Apple and Meta need to figure out what can we build what can we build that's just so compelling? People can't, they can't get away from it. They need to keep coming back. And then they have to buy this device um, because it's so good. And neither of them have figured it out yet. Uh, I, I do think Apple has an advantage relative to the developer community versus Meta. Maybe that changes with Llama over time. Um, and I can say Vision Pro still is searching for that killer use case. I have been capturing more than half of my videos that after using Vision Pro, I'm capturing in off my phone I'm using in spatial because it's not the reason to go out and spend $3,500. But for those who have kind of experienced a little bit of that spatial video, it's, I think it's pretty fun. So we're going to jump to the last topic, which is intelligent alpha. If you have not been following Doug in his deload, you got to get on track with this because it is uh, compelling. You had a comment this week. I laughed out loud when I read it. You said, AI is a 50-legged man in an ass-kicking competition. It's doing really well. Uh, let us uh, get frame it in. How well are those AI strategies that you're doing with Intelligent Alpha doing relative to the benchmarks? Yeah, the, the ass-kicking contest, the hat tip to Charlie Munger, RIP. He always had these phrases about uh, if he didn't really study, if he didn't get curious and really do your work, you were like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. So with AI, what I've found, what I've learned, just experimenting with generative AI, using GPT, using Gemini to build stock portfolios, it just has so many advantages over humans, uh, especially that they're not human. They don't have emotions that they deal with. What that's translated into is 15 core strategies that I track. 12 of them right now are outperforming their benchmarks since inception. Average run of these is about five and a half months. Some of the longest strategies I've been tracking for about seven months. Um, and the average strategy is beating its benchmark by over 400 basis points at this point. So pretty good amount of outperformance in just half of a year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's a uh, crazy outperformance, I would say. And from our perspective, we still want to keep testing these. And like, what's the amount of testing before we can you know, put more money behind these strategies? I mean, is it a year? Is it is it nine months? I mean, 
uh, how do we know when we've kind of uh, broken through that that threshold of testing? I think uh, we're already there, in my opinion. I mean, at Deepwater, there's two of them that we're running live with Partner Capital now, uh, and those are both performing well. One is a large cap focused uh, tech strategy, so it's 12 tech stocks, high conviction, competes against the QQQ. And since inception, that strategy has beat the QQQ by, it's almost an unbelievable number, but 1,600 basis points, 16 percentage points, and the QQQ has done great. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've, if you've wanted to be concentrated in large cap tech, which is exactly what the AI is doing in this strategy, uh, you've been in the right place. And then the other strategy that we're testing with real money is a long, short strategy inspired by uh, Julian Robertson, old school tiger, you know, one of the originators in the hedge fund world. Um, you basically buy the best companies, go along the best, and you short the worst. That's what he used to always say. That was his simple strategy. And that has been great as well. It's outperforming its benchmark by almost 300 basis points. And by the way, it was short Kraft Heinz, uh, which just reported today, stock was down 6% last time I checked. Uh, it has been nailing shorts more recently. This quarter, it's had a great short book. Yeah, book, had Boeing uh, too, which didn't I've it? Been, it had Boeing, it had Mobileye, uh, it had a handful of really good ones um, so far. So I think it's it's getting better. What what excites me the most when you ask about like, how, how do we know that we've tested enough? Um, I actually see it, I can see it because I'm looking at it almost every day, kind of getting better and smarter over time as it makes these picks, like some of the picks make more sense to me. In the beginning, some of it, it's like, man, I would never put that in there. And sometimes I'm wrong to think I'd never put that in there. But I can see the intelligence sort of evolving, in my opinion, at least. And also my ability to use the, the AIs, I think, is evolving. Like I'm understanding how they think. And there's a little bit of a symbiotic process, I think, between you know the human that I still think is ultimately the kernel of inspiration for generative AI. You need that component. And then the intelligence that the AI is actually harnessing to you know, do whatever it's asked to do, including pick stocks. Mm -hmm. Power of being unemotional, uh, power of the deload. Make sure you check that out and check us out next week on our next episode. On behalf of Doug and Gene, bye for now.